and welcome to the damn podcast. I'm your host, Carter Baines, and we are coming to you live on YouTube and anytime on your favorite streaming service from the Beaver Blitz studios in the, uh, in the Pac-12 tower in the high rent district of San Francisco. Uh, not quite. I'm in Corvallis. She's in Sherwood and she is Angie Machado, publisher of beaverblitz.com. Good evening, Angie. How are you? Hello, Carter. Wow. We are live. We are live streaming. And then the, I can't even tell you how long we've talked about doing this. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been kind of a, a long time coming. And um, if, if you want to maybe go in here and, and say, you know, tell, tell the listeners and viewers why we're doing it now, um, where this idea kind of came from, um, because it's, it's a special week at, at Beaver Blitz. It, it is a special week, Carter. And um, so a lot of you guys that have been with Beaver Blitz for years, remember our old Wednesday night chats that we used to do. Um, we did them in the lodge, then we did them on a private chat uh, platform. And we kept talking about how fun it would be to actually be live, be able to see each other. And then it kind of fell off. We had people that could make it live um, and, and different things, lots of different things. But this week, Carter and I have been um, kicking around probably for the past six weeks. Tomorrow is Beaver Blitz's 20th anniversary. So 20 years ago, March 1st of 2002, Beaver Blitz went live for the first time at that point on the Rivals Network. Um, it was then run by The Shoveler and Pondering Beave. Matt M. Beave was a contributor. Um, there was, we'll, we'll kind of go through the history a little bit later, but um, it was a site dedicated to Oregon State facilities. And the whole point that they really created the site was to kind of get the word out and help uh, Oregon, uh, kind of help Oregon State fundraise on on you know, this vision that uh, Shoveler and Pondering had um, of getting that stadium done. And so at the time when they started, I was at Oregon State in the Portland office as a fundraiser. And I'll never forget Shoveler calling me up to tell me, ask me if I wanted to go to lunch so he could talk to me about this website they were doing. We met a few times and I thought, oh, it's cool. And um, got to be a really good friend of his. And one day I was walking tailgate, shaking hands like I did. And I had a baby at home and I, I told him, I was like, you gotta find me a job at your place of employment up in Portland. And he's like, take over Beaver Blitz. So that was in the fall of 2005. And uh, in February of 2006, I let um, Oregon State know that I was giving my notice. And I took over the site right around this time in 2006. So this is 16 years for me, but um, 20 years, I, I know there's, I've outlasted so many people in the media, Carter, and, and Beaver Blitz has. I, I know when we first came on the scene, I think they thought we were kind of a flash in the pan and that we wouldn't last, but goodness, 20 years. And uh, we're here, here we, we're here thriving, we and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and you say you've outlasted some people. I mean, I've been here for three and a half going on four years, and I've outlasted some people, so it's making me feel old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah well, Beaver, Beaver Blitz is, is just younger than I am, so... Um, that, that dates me a little bit, but here we are celebrating the birthday of the site that we all love, uh, for Oregon state coverage. And as part of that celebration, Angie, I, I, I know you've got your drink of choice on hand. What are, what are we drinking tonight? I've got what my SoFi we, Stadium. SoFi cup. Stadium. I, okay. I know I need to keep it local guys. So, um, I think this is good. Are, are we're doing this weekly, right? Carter, the, yep. the podcast live. Yeah. This will be a um, weekly thing. So. I, and we want to make this fun and interactive. We want you guys to be asking questions and, and getting on with it. So Monday night, I usually don't drink on Monday night, but make an exception. And I need more local drinks. I, we do have a ton of local wine 
because we belong to a couple wineries and I, I'll pull that out, but I just wasn't feeling wine today. So I have just a good old fashioned Captain Morgan and Diet Coke with a squeeze of lime. I am going Cheers. local today. 10 barrel brewing, the Crush series, Guava Sour, uh, one of my favorite beers. And of course, gotta have it in the SoFi Stadium cup uh, that I got with you in Los Angeles at the LA Bowl. Uh, what an incredible experience and a, a great souvenir. So Angie, cheers to 20 years. Cheers. Cheers to 20 years of Eva Blitz. Cheers to all of you out there watching. And we'd love put in the chat. What are you guys drinking? Are you going to have a beer with us? Are you going to have a glass of wine? Yeah, and let us tonics? know. And Give uh, us some and, recommendations. And feel free to use the chat if, if you're watching us live on YouTube. Uh, throw some questions at us. We'll, you know, we'll take questions in real time. Uh, if we have time at the end today as well, we will also uh, hop in there and, and go through that. But leave comments as well. If, if there's anything you want us to touch on uh, and anything you want to say, go ahead and use that chat. Uh, should be on the right-hand side of your screen if you're on desktop. And uh, yeah, and we're just going to try to make this as interactive as possible for everyone who's watching us live on YouTube. Uh, Angie just gave you kind of the, the general rundown of, you know, kind of a history lesson of, of Beaver Blitz. Um, but I, I, I also wanted to kind of jump in and talk about some of our favorite memories as well, covering Oregon State and um, some, some of the opportunities that Beaver Blitz has afforded us. Um, so, Angie, if you want to go first, you know, I, I, your sample size is a little larger than mine, about four times larger. But um, what are what are some of the favorite Gosh. memories that stand out to you? If, if, if you had to pick, you know, what, what so kind many. of lasting memories have you made uh, with Beaver Blitz? So many. I mean, I think, I mean, I can think back to some of the tailgates that we've done before spring games were fun. Um, it really comes down to the people, the people that I've met, the people at the, at the within the program. I, I think I look back. So when I did this, it was really just work from home and spend more time with my growing family. So um, Luke was not even quite a year old when we, when we took over the site. Um, and then I had Jackson. So, I mean, a memory right there is, gosh, Jack was born in 2007. My due date was actually December 4th. Um, so it was after football season, all's good, you know, baby. And so it was the Washington game in 2007, Evanson Bernard, the football, the, the called back touchdown, uh, the fan, the night game. So I, by that point, I was huge and pregnant, did not feel like going to a night game, but Eric went, Eric was always willing to take one for the team and head, head to Corvallis. So he's like, I'm heading down. I covered from home. And anyway, long story short, Jack decided to come early. And so that was, the game was the 10th of November. Jack decided to come on the 12th of November, early in the morning, two in the morning. Um, and then I don't have maternity leave running Beaver Blitz. So uh, my computer, excuse me, C-section uh, computer laptop had to come to the hospital. Eric had to bring it. So that, that was a memory with Beaver Blitz. Um, I just think it comes down to the people. I, I really thoroughly enjoy all the coaching staffs. Um, Coach Riley, Again, so here I have these little kids and I tried to keep it separate, but at the same time, there's a fall camp. If I'm down in Corvallis three or four times a week in August, sometimes I couldn't find someone to watch them. So the boys would come down with me. They'd always sit around, but coach Riley, especially, and his, his staff was, they were so welcoming to the boys, um, being able at that point to walk between all around the practice fields, um, coach Riley, just standing there to talk and ask how your kids were and genuinely care. I, I think that's the biggest thing with Oregon state was the care factor coach Brennan, coach Brennan's wife asking if the kids could come, you know, next time to let her know so they could go swimming at their, you know, neighborhood pool. I mean, really good people. 
um, around this program. So um, I think while we are kind of way outside the, the family bubble of Oregon State football, um, and, then, and then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the players, Carter, and I think we might talk about some of our favorite players, but again, such great people. It really does you? come back to, yeah, it really does come back to the people and, you know, that's, that includes some of our, you know, our, our colleagues who also cover Oregon State for different outlets. Um, you know, today we we talked to Jonathan Smith at the the media room at the Valley Football Center, and it was great to see people's faces again because, um, you know, it's it's a long haul during football season, and we feel like we see these people every day. But you know, you, you come to miss them a little bit, and uh, we've I know we've both made some great friendships in that way as well. Um, and yeah, you know, the coaches and players that we get to work with on a daily basis. Um, that's an opportunity that, you know, maybe from time to time we take for granted, but I, I try to remember, you know, remind myself, uh, it's, it's pretty cool that we, that we get to work with these people and especially, um, you know, people like Wayne Tinkle, who are, are just great people. Um, a, a lot of the student athletes that we work with, Brandon Kipper, I, I know is one of our personal favorites. Um, these people are, are, are all very generous with their time and, and with the information that they give us. And, um, it's yeah, it's it's one of the highlights of this job. And another kind of favorite memory of mine is it's still ongoing and there's quite a few of them, but it's all of the, the really cool stadiums and college campuses and and just, you know, just general places that this job has taken me over the years. I mean, I've been to Hawaii. I went to uh, March Madness in Indianapolis last year. I've been to Boulder, Coliseum. Colorado, the, Rose Bowl. Yeah, Memorial Coliseum. Rose Bowl and SoFi Stadium in LA, three of the coolest stadiums that I think I've ever seen. And, and quite frankly, three of the, uh, the absolutely legendary stadiums in the world and uh, Husky Stadium in Washington, of course, Austin and in, in Eugene and, um, you know, baseball and basketball as well. I've been all over for that too. So kind of the, uh, the, the travel side of it to me has been one of the highlights uh, for sure. But uh, that that kind of kind of wraps it for our you know our hindsight part of the uh, or the section of the pod today. But coming up uh, at Beaver Blitz, you know we're twenty years in, we're not, we're not stopping. So okay. uh, if Angie, if you want to kind of walk people through what we've got this week as far as the celebration goes, um, I, I know we're gonna we're gonna launch a really cool feature of the site here in a couple minutes later on the pod. So we'll have you hold off on, on okay. announcing okay. that. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to, you want to mention this week? And then of course, you know, moving forward as well, what's, what's coming up on, uh, in the 21st year of Beaver Blitz. The 21st year, holy smokes, Carter. Um, I actually have to just throw it back though, because one other of my greatest memories, or, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of with the site is the growth and development of all of our staff members, whether that's been Raju, who was one of my first writers to come on board, who's still with us, you know, he, he does contributions. Um, but to watch where they've come, I mean, Brian Rathbone, um, he's still writing. Um, gosh, there's so many guys. And, you know, Amy and, and Marcus were the most recent before you. Uh, Marcus is down in San Diego, living his sports dream. Amy's working with the Tampa Bay Bucks. You're killing it. Um, I've, I've been kind of giving a little more leeway and letting you run things. And I love it. I love the energy. So um, 21st century I, or 21st year, I see, um, first of all, in more incredible coverage. So spring camp picks off this week on Thursday. You and I will both be in Corvallis for that. Um, basketball continuing. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about basketball, but baseball is going to have a big year as well. So um, 
a lot of baseball, you know, coverage as well, because this could be an important year for the Beavs. I will talk in a little bit. We do have a promotion coming up. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Another feature that we will be dropping just in a few minutes. Excited about because Carter and I've been working on this for a little bit too during this little off season. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Um, and then guests, bringing guests on the show. I'm I'm super excited. When Carter and I mapped this out, we kind of started a running list and, and we're, we're working on that running list. But, you know, you mentioned like Wayne Tinkle. How fun would it be to get Wayne Tinkle on the damn podcast live? He's on our wish list. He's he's he one of many on our, our long and, and growing wish list. And, you know, with this being a weekly thing moving forward, it's it's just so easy to, to shoot out a Zoom link and have people join us. Uh, and then obviously we've got the audio version on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, you name it, it's it's there. So maybe we um, get some uh, not only staff members, but some Beaver Blitz uh, members. We can get Biggins and Huffman on to talk recruiting. Um, like I said, we have a, a, a wish list here and I, I'm excited because not only will we get some players on um, working through the SID on that, but, um, you know, we have a chance to talk to other 24-7 site publishers, a, a lot of fun ahead um, and just adding to the depth of coverage that we're offering here in Beaver Blitz. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great feature, I think, and and I, I really hope it's well received uh, by our, our members and and hopefully future members as well out there. Uh, so let's let's just kind of give a little general rundown of how we're going to operate things here today, because uh, Angie did mention baseball. We are going to talk baseball later. Uh, we're going to have a three three separate segments uh, for football, men's basketball, and then baseball. I see that we do have a baseball question in the chat, um, so we're going to hold off on that until the baseball section. So if you have anything sport specific, throw it in there before we get to that sport. And then uh, at the end too, we'll, we'll take a few questions again, if we have time, but so we're right now we have our, our little rundown. We have football, basketball, and then baseball. So there's your like time frame to get your questions. In. Yeah. Yeah. So football will be first, but before that uh, we're going to take a little ad break here and uh, we don't have any sponsors yet. 10 barrel. If you're out there sponsor, 10 barrels are beeves too. They exactly. were, they were Lambda Kai's. Yeah, hit us up. Hit, hit us, us up. up. If you got a, if you got somebody you want, you know, a winery, a beer brewery. By all will. means. But uh, the only thing that we have to promote here today is a special promotion at Beaver Blitz. Um, it's it's a great deal, and and Angie, I'll let you highlight that since you've kind of been working on that behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I reached out twenty four seven, and um, you know, let them know. I said, hey, you know, not only is it the start of spring football camp, and and we usually run a, a some type of promotion around that. But I said, it's our 20 year anniversary. Can we do some type of promo, flash promo? So beginning tonight at midnight, tomorrow morning, I mean, right at the midnight Eastern. So actually it'll probably go live around 9 p.m. tonight Pacific. Uh, we are offering 50% off of annual Beaver Blitz membership. So um, this is also an upgradable. So if you have a membership right now, a month to month, you can upgrade it. So this is a perfect time to save 50% off your annual subscription. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to Carter or, or I, but um, it's only going to run for two days it, over at midnight Eastern time on the second. So um, if you know, this is the perfect time to get your friends involved. Um, the more, the merrier, the discussions in the lodge are great. Yes, sometimes we disagree, but that's what makes the discussion great. So um, like I said, 50% off an annual, and this one is an upgradable. So a lot of times our promos are for new members only. This one is for current members as well. So check it out. This really is one of the best offers that you're going to see all year. And again, the timeline on that is 9 p.m. Pacific tonight, Monday, February 28th. 
um, through 9 p.m. on Wednesday, March 2nd. Uh, that's all Pacific time. Uh, again, that's midnight Eastern. Yeah, midnight um, Eastern, both days. And, or and with that, you know, we, we should we should kind of pump the, um, you know, kind of the benefits of joining Beaver Blitz. And of, of course, you get all of our coverage. You get access to the lodge, our, our VIP uh, message board. You'll get access access to, um, you know, paywall exclusive recruiting content from some of the best experts in in, in the business. And um, yeah, and I much will more. Say I, I, I think I kind of got glossed over in the lodge, but um, I know there's another another site coming up. They're they're not right now focusing on Oregon State. It is a smaller market, but um, Oregon or twenty four seven was able to lock up Brandon Huffman and Greg Biggins into long term deals with twenty four seven. So no worry of them going anywhere. Um, so they are truly the best in the business. You'll get all of that and more access. JP's to- weekly walk off. That's that's a paywall exclusive, um, and and you'll also get access to all of the twenty four seven sports team sites across the country. So, if if you've got you know a, a second favorite team, an alma mater, a rival that you want to check in on, um, shout out to the to the folks at uh, duckterritory.com. dot com. Um, you will you get access to, to go all to those that. sites. It, it's great to go and watch the meltdowns. Um, with that being said, we're also going to drop um, our, our second ad of the day. But this is this—it's more than just an ad. This is kind of a, um, a little passion project, shall we say, of, yeah. of Angie and I. And um, it's—it's it's been a long time. You guys think we might have been a little quiet the past couple weeks, but we've been busy behind the scenes, kind of doing some things. So, Carter, are you going to pop it up? Yeah, I actually—I I just realized I closed the tab. So if you want to kill some time oh. here, I'll let you introduce it while I find the link, and okay. then I will put it in the chat. Okay, guys. So back when I took over in 20, 2006, we had some T-shirts made. Um, they were cool. I mean, they didn't have the logo or anything on it, but we've had people ask periodically, "When are you going to do Beaver Blitz gear?" So we actually started a merch site, merchandise for you old people like me. Merchandise, merch. Um, we put some things on there. So not only do we have just the standard Beaver Blitz logo, you can get it on a coffee mug, a travel mug, a sweatshirt, t-shirt, you name it. We've got women's sizes, men's sizes, popular sizes. We got it all hats, but Carter then took it a step further and he designed three 20 year anniversary limited editions, um, that are awesome. I mean, I love them a hundred percent. So um, just so you know, this site, it's, it's all third party. Um, we upload, we picked the, the des- or, you know, we add the designs, add the product or show the products. I am, we're not making any money on this. I've set it to make no profit. It is just their cost. Um, I'm, I'm not doing this. We're not doing it to make, be rich on merchandise. Um, I just want you guys, if you're interested, awesome. Wear it um, with pride. Uh, Carter has some stuff coming. I have some stuff coming. Um, and it's been something, gosh, I haven't had new Beeper Blitz gear in, in so long. So um, super excited because it, it has been a, a work in progress over the past few weeks. And I don't know, three super cool designs, Carter, for the for the 20 years. I don't know which one I like. I like the big bold 20. It reminds me of the Kelly Slater when he won, I think it was his 10th world title. They had a big 10. Again, I'm a Kelly Slater fan. Um, and then you had the round, we call it circle back and it has the 20 years, 2002 to 2022. And then probably one of my favorites, and this is kind of copying our friends at USC football, but it's 20 years. How did, how did you, how'd you word it? 20 years of workplace distractions. And 
before we ramble on anymore, I am dropping the link to our um, our merch store in the chat on YouTube right now. So if you are watching live on YouTube, go ahead and click that. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, we will probably put that in the description of the show, and then it'll also be on Beaver Blitz in the oh lodge, um, and and we might post it to the front page for a day or so two as is, well. This is total dropping or, uh, or breaking news because we have not told anybody this. Exactly. You are if you're if you're watching us live on YouTube, you are the very first uh, to hear about this, and it's it's really exciting. Angie and I have been working on this super hard for the last couple of weeks behind the scenes, um, and we're we're really excited to to give you guys something to, to represent. And um, yeah, I know we'll be wearing our stuff with pride, but yeah. that being said, Angie, let's kind of, let's jump into um, the, the bulk of this podcast here is, is going to be kind of the, uh, the three sports that, w- that we cover most in depth. And we're going to start with football because it's a big week. It's, it's the start of spring mm-hmm. camp. Today, we talked to Jonathan Smith, and um, you you weren't here in person, but you will be on Thursday for the first day of practice. Yes. I was there at the Valley Football Center. Um, we were there to to ask questions and and to uh, take in everything that Jonathan Smith said. So I, I know you've watched the 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 film, and I'll uh, I'll let you kind of provide your biggest takeaways, and then I'll um, I'll share what I kind of thought. What you know, I my made my biggest it. takeaways is that Gold Branson and Jabby are ready to go. Um, I think that's huge, especially, you know, with, with Sam Bidlack transferring out, it left the quarterback room pretty thin. Um, so I think that is huge that those two guys are ready to go. I'm anxious to see how Ben looks um, after shoulder surgery. Um, and then also to see how healthy um, Tristan is just because he's been hampered by those injuries. But I thought those two things were really big. Um, I also, did you see that? So Oregon State has two true freshmen or uh, early enrollees. And Martinez and Lopez, their size, eye popping for for high school seniors, basically. So I'm excited to see um, Martinez on the field on on Thursday. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of promote to um, Oregon State football just released the spring roster on their website right now, so you can go and check that out. Um, check out any. I, I didn't see if there are any number changes. I, I should go and look at that, but. There yeah, probably is just to confuse my old brain. Probably it, it takes us long enough to figure out who's who's who out there the first day of camp. But if um, you really want to confuse me, wear the old Fiesta Bowl throwback jerseys, and somehow my brain still remembers, you know, fifty-one as Sigler and thirty-five. Every time thirty Everett Hayes came out to kick a field goal, I was like, "Wait, why is Ken Simon?" Oh, <laughs> which which will go down as as some of the greatest alternate uniforms I've I, I think Ever. in college football history. Um, cool. But yeah, go ahead and 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 go to um, the Oregon State football website. Check out the rosters, see all of the heights and weights, and um, you know any any ro- number changes there might have been, and and of course updated headshots as well. So that that is all live um, at osubeavers.com today. But what yeah. were your biggest takeaways? I mean, you were there. Sometimes you can. Jonathan is pretty even keel, but what did you what did you take away from being there live talking with yeah. him? Yeah, I, I think he's just really excited to get back on the field. I know he was um, he was very grateful of of all of us that showed up today and was you know you know quick to to welcome us back. And I, I think you know as as much as you know he might like to keep things close to the belt. Uh, I, I think he and I think he enjoys the interactions with us because we we joke around every now and then with him. But um, yeah, it was it was good to see him again. And um, it, you, you kind of mentioned my biggest takeaway was that all of the quarterbacks. Uh, in the room are healthy now. And, and that's huge for the quarterback competition. 
Uh, he also mentioned with Chance Nolan that kind of the thing that they've been focusing on this offseason with him the most is the deep ball and working on his accuracy there. Um, Smith has said that, you know, they have an opportunity to, to kind of open things up a little bit more with the receivers they have and with the protection that he's going to get from the offensive line. Uh, so it's really important that, that Chance is able to um, put the ball on a dime and, and hit his receivers who are, you know, 30 plus yards downfield. So I'll be watching that in camp to, to see if that comes to fruition a little bit is, is Chance's um, accuracy on the deep ball. Outside of that, he, uh, he mentioned some of the, the staff changes with Trent Bray moving to defensive coordinator as well. He's kind of getting a running start at that. Um, Anthony Perkins coming in at um, defensive backs coach to help Blue Adams. That was totally just a, hey, you know, it's, it's a big position. You've got five guys on the field at a time, especially with the new nickel packages that they've been running a lot. Um, so just from a recruiting perspective, from an on-field perspective, it makes sense to have two coaches, uh, kind of handling that. So, um, you know, it's, it's not a demotion or a downgrade of any sort for blue Adams. It's, you know, just strictly, this is a guy that we interviewed before. Uh, we really liked him. We're going to bring him in cause, uh, cause we need a little extra help. So that, uh, that kind of, I say they need help at defensive line, but that's just me. That's my rum and coke talking now. <laughs> See, this is this is why it's good to have Angie drinking a cocktail. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of our, our biggest takeaways from the Jonathan Smith presser. You can watch the full thing on our YouTube channel. Uh, if if you're watching us live right now, you have access to that uh, with you know one click away. It's also on the homepage at beaverblitz.com along with a transcript of some of the highlights. So spring football, we mentioned, starts this week. First practice is Thursday. Um, the schedule, Angie, they're, they're kind of they're going back to the original spring camp schedule that Jonathan Smith brought with him from Washington. Uh, they, they took a year off from that last year, went five straight weeks in April and May. They're going back to a, a two weeks in March, two weeks off for finals and spring break, and then three weeks in April with the spring football game spring football game coming on the third April in or the third Saturday, Saturday in April, which I believe is the 16th. It's the 16th. Yep. Okay. So spring game on the 16th. What are your thoughts on this schedule? Because I, I asked Jonathan today, I said, do you prefer to have the two week break? Or if you were able to, would you rather do the five weeks in a row like you did last year? And he said, you know, that there's, there's positives and, and negatives for both, but kind of the benefit of having the two weeks off is, gives the coaches a chance to review the first two weeks and, and make alterations a little bit, um, gives the guys a chance to, to get away from football and focus on finals. Um, and then, you know, everybody could use a, a week off for spring break. So what are your thoughts on, on kind of the way that they're structuring this? You know, I know why they do it and it makes sense with Oregon State being on the quarter system and, and having those finals like that. Um, I think from a spring ball perspective, I like it better when they're able to start and go five full weeks right in in sync, even starting maybe in mid-April. Well, they don't want to go too far into May, though, because valuation period. So that's the problem. You know, in Oregon, it's nicer to have a little bit later because the weather's usually a little better. I, I do like um, that chunk um, because I think it helps the guys kind of stay focused on football and just in one. But then again, you spread it out over because now it's spread out over, what, seven, eight weeks instead of five. So um, you know, it does, it, it, as, as the coaches would say, it gives them more time hands-on 
uh, with the players. Um, I, like I said, I see benefits to both. I personally like it when it's just all wrapped up by May one, but um, and and kind of selfishly, I, I think we liked the uh, the April and May last year because of the weather. The you know, weather we're standing out there on the sidelines for two hours, and it's a lot more pleasant when it's seventy and sunny at eleven a.m. as opposed to. 50 and, and dumping rain. So well, like February, I don't know. February here was amazing. It was chilly, but it was like sunny. And then all of a sudden this week hits and it's, I don't, I don't know if it was like in Corvallis, but up here in Portland, it was seriously like a hurricane. Yeah. Torrential downpour this morning. And uh, Wind, I think rain. that's, uh, that's, that's Oregon saying, yeah, football's back. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Um, but I, I kind of mentioned what I'll be looking for specifically with chance Nolan is, you know, watching his deep ball, if he's able to connect on that. Um, I'm also really interested in watching kind of the progression of the defense under Trent Bray. I, I'm curious what kind of looks we'll see in practice, um, how much they'll keep under wraps and, and practice on those closed practices on Saturday. Um, Cause we know that, you know, stuff goes on behind the scenes that they don't want us to see. Um, but, but I'm curious, you know, to kind of see the personnel usage, um, the, the different schemes, the formations that, that Trent Bray brings to this defense. But uh, outside of those two things, what are what are you kind of going to be excited to watch uh, over the um, next? Seven like weeks? you, I mean, I, the same. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to the quarterbacks and just kind of see where they're at. Um, just because we saw so much from Ben right before he got hurt, I, I think he was really kind of on the cusp. And I'm I'm not expecting him to come back and and be lights out, but um, I'm anxious to see where he's at. O line, I'm anxious to see where the O line is replacing a couple of those key guys. Um, obviously, defensive line, I, I think that is just continue to be the Beavers Achilles heel under this coaching staff. So to see kind of how they can progress, you know, as Isaac Hodgins, you know, will he be an impact in there? Um, and like you, Trent Bray, what is he? Um, I think this defense this year is going to look so different night and day different. I think we're going to see different blitz packages. I think we're going to see different personnel groups. We're going to see some four, three, some three, four um, base packages. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how he melds that um, and how that, that all comes together. Oh, and then receivers, you know, you can, we haven't really talked about receivers, but Oregon state needs to open it up a little bit. So yeah, can chance, can the quarterbacks, you know, hit on that deep ball because that's what was, has been missing the past couple of years. We uh, I'm, I'm going to go to a, a YouTube question here that we've okay. got. That's kind of football related and, and kind of beaver blitz history related. And this is going to you, Angie. So um, forgive me if I pronounce your, your name incorrectly, but it's from Wes Bouchang. Okay. Um, first time I ever heard of Beaver Blitz was back in 2010 when Angie handed me a card for Beaver Blitz when I first visited during the USC game. Angie, I'm curious, do you still hand out cards to recruits? I don't. I don't. I have a card and they have Shoveler's old logo on them, which was like a Captain America guy. I probably should look in my drawer down here because I probably have one. Um, we had some cards printed up. So some of you guys will remember we had Liza Newcomb was a photographer for us. Um, she was amazing. And, and she was, you know, we, we don't, we don't have a, we're not a huge site, so we don't have this huge budget. And I found her to shoot games um, for us, lived in Corvallis. And so she was like, she'd go around to tailgates and we had business cards printed up for her and she'd say, take pictures of their tailgate and then hand them a card and say, go check it out at Beaver Blitz. Um, so yeah, we do have cards. I just don't, Everything now, it's so interesting how, how this has progressed from when I first started and everything was calls, phone calls, to some Facebook messaging, to text, 100% text messaging, 
to now guys don't even text, they all DM on Twitter. So um, it's it's an interesting, but an inter interesting trans, you know, transgression of how it's kind of gone. I still call kids sometimes or text. A text is probably the easiest. So yes, I'm old, but I will text a kid. I'd rather just text. Um, but no, it's 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 been uh, you know, I probably need what is it QR code now? That's like the new thing. There you go. QR yeah, that's, codes that's to like, quick. Yeah, get with get with the times, Angie. Come on. Well, I'm glad you've been with us, Wes, because it has been quite quite a ride since 2010. Hundred uh, percent. We're gonna. I, I don't have a a segue to move from football to basketball, um, but we are gonna that, move into. Well, I do have a question that I got before this. Um, cool. Let's, and let's hear it, it. Let's let's just go because it's um, Mr. G Gray on uh, on Beaver Blitz, and he texted because he didn't know if this was like a good. But I think I think it's a good thing to talk about because this whole name, image, and likeness thing nil um, is huge, and Oregon State needs to take that next step, and. We've talked about this ad nauseum in the lodge, and I don't think there's going to be too much discussion. I think this is something that we need to talk about daily um, because it is that important to Oregon State's program. So a little history. Um, Mr. Gray has kind of started the, the groundwork for forming a, a 501c3 nonprofit to help with the whole NIL. Um, with fans. And then I also have kind of been looped into a group of Oregon State boosters that are working on a, a project as well. Um, and his question, and, and, and their whole point was that they really need to set it up so that they are raising about 10% of Oregon State's operating budget for football. So if Oregon State's budget is 100 million, which it's roughly 100, I think 120, um, that they need to be raising 100 or 10 million each year to give out an NIL deals. And then helping to get these prospects and players connected with business owners and you know the like so his question is um what are your thoughts on nil between the bscf and the 10 million dollar group should the groups merge collaborate or work as separate entities carter what are your thoughts on it because i have very strong feelings on it I, i'm, I'm kind of curious what your feelings are because i know that you've You've had conversations, you know, with with multiple stakeholders here, and, and you're you're a little familiar with kind of the uh, the operations here. So I'll, I'll let you handle this one first, and then I'll give my my thoughts on nil in general and, yeah. and kind of the way the NIL, state should handle it. Nil is huge, and I probably we should have put this in. So I'm adding a, a segment here with nil because it is that important. <laughs> um, what's going on now? It's not being regulated. That will change. Um, you know, as as schools start really breaking rules, but there's no rules to which break I, I'm right sure now. is already happening. Oh, it right? is. especially at you know big schools and and, and oh, schools Tennessee. that have been getting away with stuff for years. You know, this, well, yeah. this gives them an avenue. Um, well, and and while it's unregulated, you know, they can. I mean, this is a complete other. I mean, we could have a full podcast on on this topic, but go ahead. So my thoughts are that these groups need to merge, collaborate, because I think. I think Oregon State is small enough that it needs to be all in, all for one, one for all, um, together, work together, make one great organization. And I, I can't even emphasize Oregon State's behind in this. It needs to happen. It needs to like happen yesterday. Um, it sounds like things will kind of get up and running here in the next, I, I think by spring, but you know, that's just been the talk in, in the lodge. Um, you know, Oregon State was probably the lead destination for four-star quarterback um, Braden Dorman 
for the 2024 class, 2023 class. Um, and then all of a sudden his, I mean, he already had recruitment, but Arizona snuck in and somehow he commits to Arizona. Now there's still time to flip him, but um, you know, the question is what did Arizona do? They already have like a bazillion top quarterbacks on, on their roster. Um, I would say Arizona is a little ahead of the game as far as NIL, because they had all those years of basketball, which was under the table, but their boosters are already primed and know exactly what needs to happen. SEC already primed. I mean, you have Tennessee, their collaborative organization is basically helping kids get leases, car leases from dealerships. Um, you have Washington state, you know, I, I think Oregon state fans look at Washington state as like, Oh, they're the Cougs are, they've already got a group up and running of former players and um, offering kids, you know, prospects deals and, and hooking them up with different groups for what, well, you know, if they're a, if they're, you know, one thing, a journalist major or someone that wants to go into sports media hook, you know, connect with me. We'll, we'll set something up. I mean, there's so much out there, um, you know, having a sh have a show on beaver blitz you know a weekly show i mean there's so much that could happen but it's a matter of organizing so i think from that question i think in my perfect world it would be amazing to see the two groups combine you mentioned so arizona arizona's been doing nil since before it was a oh. thing and 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 they, they can tell you a thing or two about how to do it the wrong way so well um, exactly i, I mean I, you want to hear a story this is a funny story because i have i have ties you know i've done this long enough i've is recruiting with coaches and boosters and um, coaches or uh, support staff, basically all over. And then along with all, you know, the, the um, recruiting analysts. So, you know, you want to hear how they did get away with some of this stuff in the SEC, how they used to do it. Let's hear it. So I'd heard this years ago and I've told some people kind of off, but you have church, you know, church is such a big part of life down in the, in the Southeast. So you'd get a kid on his visit and the boosters, of course, all are members. Like, let's say it's Beaver Blitz and you're like, all the boosters are on Beaver Blitz. And so they all know that Carter Baines is coming to town and he's the five-star running back that we need to have. Carter Baines goes to church, Carter and his mom, and they're hanging out. Coach goes with them. The first offering play, you know, the church will introduce him. Oh, we're so lucky. We have Carter Baines, five-star recruit from Sherwood, Oregon. He's sitting with us today. I wish. Praise the Lord. Offering plate comes around. First one, it's for the recruit. And you, people are putting money in and then the coach will take a huge wad of cash, throw it in the offer bin. And then the mom takes the cash and puts it in her purse. That is how it was done back in the day. It's been nice. happening like that for cars. <clears throat> Oregon state has not. And, and awesome. But now we can, now they can, um, I can't give cash. I mean, you can't just be giving bags of cash, but there's so many ways of doing it legally. And I think Oregon state needs to wrap their, you know, and I, I say Oregon state, Oregon State can't be involved, so it has to be boosters getting this organized. And yeah, so, and you know, or Oregon State's done it the right way for for so long, and um, they can continue to do it the right way now that the NIL is 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 legalized and and prevalent and very much the norm. And, and quite frankly, you're going to have to do it, or you're going to get left in the dust because that's just yeah. the way the sport is going. Football, in particular, obviously, this extends to. To, to all college athletics, but the, the way that football is moving with the money that's involved in through TV deals, um, speaking of, uh, you know, a, a way that Pac-12 is getting is, is falling behind. But um, with with all of the money in the sport now, this is the norm and you have to, you know, you have to be willing to uh, to adapt. And 
again, like you mentioned, it doesn't fall on the university because they yes. can't get involved. So this is a great opportunity for the Oregon State fan base to to kind of prove that, you know, they're that they care about the athletic department. So and, and I hear so much about, you know, oh, Oregon State, they don't have the big money. They do. They have boosters that have it. And I think what also makes Oregon State special is that they have smaller boosters that are willing. I mean, I, you know, my my recommendation was to set something up that would be a, a monthly you know, somebody would just set it up and just be like, you know what, I'll donate $10 a month every month, or I'll donate $50 a month every month. And it just is auto, boom, just comes out, charge to your credit card or whatever, um, every month. Get in, I mean, people will do that. And, and they'll, they'll totally help out. So I have a question though, Carter. So what, let's just say this was a discussion we were having on Blitz the other day, but people didn't really, I, I guess I didn't ask it in a, a good enough way. Let's just say you had, let's, you had $10 million, but what do you think are the, where would you want the money spent? Do you divvy it up evenly? Do you give some positions, you know, higher weight, you know, Texas has 50,000 for each lineman. How do you, how do you divvy, divvy it up? Well, I, I, I think, you know, again, I, I talk about how this affects all of college athletics, but the money, the driver for every athletic department in the country is, is football. And so most of the, most of the the money that you're getting has to go to football. And I think part of it goes to facilities, a pretty decent chunk has to go to recruiting and then you use the rest on your staff. Um, you know, I, I love what some of these schools are doing with um, funding, you know, essentially scholarships for walk-ons or for doing position-wide NIL deals. But quite frankly, where Oregon State's starting, the money just isn't there to do that and support the uh, the necessary stuff like infrastructure, like coaches' salaries, uh, like a recruiting like a recruiting budget. So you have to start there because that's that's what you're going to build your program around. Um, we we do need to move on because because we're we're going long on this section. So I, I want to move into men's basketball because I'm heading over to Gill Coliseum in about an hour and a half to um, to get ready to cover the men's basketball game against Washington state. This is a makeup for a game that was supposed to be played earlier in the year, but was canceled due to uh, COVID protocols within the Cougars program. So it's an 8 PM makeup game on a Monday night. I don't expect there to be, you know, a, a big turnout or anything. Um, I, I think it'll be pretty subdued at Gill. Um, but I, I will be heading over there and, and, you know, mercifully, this this home season is coming to an end. This is the final home game. Oh. Um, Oregon State's got a, a bounce back opportunity, and you know a, after that game against UCLA on Saturday, losing by thirty nine points, humiliation you know humiliating fashion on uh, on national TV, CBS. Um, they they need to to at least put up a fight tonight, and um, that's that's what I'm looking for. You know it, it would be great to see the long losing streak come to an end. It'd be great if they could send off the, the season with a, a home win here. But um, at this point, my expectations are low and, and they kind of have to be. Um, I, I know that a lot of people have kind of been asking you and, and me both, when was the last time a, a team made it to the Elite Eight and then the following year followed it up with, with a season of, of this caliber, you know, with this many losses, yeah. with the dysfunction that we have seen? Um, and this whole time, you know, I've seen this question multiple times and I've said, I don't, I don't even know where to begin to look for that. You know, you'd have to look through all sorts of media guides and record books, but Elias sports bureau sent out a tweet on Saturday in response to a Jeff shorts tweet about, uh, 
Oregon State kind of fleecing their way onto, onto CBS. Elias Sports Bureau said that after a team has made the Elite Eight, only three have lost 20 games the following season. Those two teams were, I want to say Oklahoma and one other. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they both lost 20 games. Oregon State has lost 20 plus. Um, they're trending toward 27, 28 losses, which would go down as the, the school record for losses and potentially the Pac-12 record for losses if they hit 28. So this is the worst season ever to follow up an Elite Eight run. And one what of the worst does, seasons ever, period. What, what does that tell you? It kind of kind of break down for me your thoughts on on the um, well the downfall of the men's basketball program. I wish I had an answer because I know you and I've talked off the record off or off camera about Wayne Tinkle and how much we want him to succeed. I mean, he's a great ambassador. We love interviewing him. Nice, one of the nicest people you'll meet. But at you know, it's not getting done. And at some level. I mean, here, there was so much excitement with the guys he brought in, the JUCO guys, the, um, how it has turned so bad. And then the, the body language of the players, I mean, he's lost this team. He has completely lost this team. And at what point, I mean, I know early in the season, you're kind of blaming the players and that there was, you know, players not showing up on time, players being late, players, 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 players make plays, all that. But at some point, the head coach has to figure, and, and we got in this talk, talk a lot about Tim Tibisar, is that at some level, the coach is making a lot of money. If, if it's not working, you got to flip something and you got to try something different. And we're, we're seeing the same results. And I mean, I want Wayne Tinkle to succeed, but it's not looking good. And, and seriously, the way this season has, has, I mean, these guys aren't even fighting anymore. It's, it's, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to see Gill Coliseum so empty. Um, you know, and I'm one, I'm a proponent like you. I mean, football is king and football is where you spend all your money. And, you know, I, I don't think you go and spend a ton of cash on basketball, but, you know, after last year's Elite Eight run, Scott Barnes goes out and throws a bunch of money to keep Wayne um, after some kind of iffy seasons as well. So. And, and let's, let's stop there and, and talk about that a little bit because, you know, there's, there's a very large camp out there that wants Wayne Tinkle gone. It's for the most part, the same camp that wanted him gone um, up, up until the, the, the elite eight run last yeah. year, because if we're being honest, you know, lots of people were calling for his job as, as late in the year as, I mean, this time last year, yeah. you know, before, oh, before the PAC 12 tournament, yeah. um, late February, you know, it was, it was just another mediocre year. It was. And he, he saved his job for all intents and purposes with that elite eight run. Um, the extension, I, I think, really ties Oregon State's hands a little bit because the buyout is too large. You can't fire him this year. That is that is something that all of the people out there who want Wayne Tinkle gone this year, I get it. I get it. It's frustrating. You know, he's he hasn't produced enough to keep his job, I, I think. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, and we all have to wrap our heads around this, is he's not going anywhere. No. He's not gonna. He's not gonna pull a. You know. He's not going to pull a Gary Anderson and he's, he's not going to give up his contract. He's not going to walk away. Why would you, you have a contract that's, that's yeah. got you here for what, four more years, millions yeah. of dollars. Um, the universities are not going to fire him because we mentioned just a few minutes ago, you know, that the budget's not there. Um, so you can't afford it. You can't afford to fire him. He's not going to leave. So he's going to be here next year. The only things that you can do 
change up your, your staff. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got a couple you of systems. You think you do that? I, I think, Especially... I think if you're Scott Barnes, you require it. Yeah. I, I, I mean... think you say, we can't fire you, but you have to change something. To see what so, the, the interaction between Jared Lucas and Carrie Rupp, that shocking, shocking, just shocking. Um, <clears throat> if, if you haven't, if you haven't heard or, or seen about that, um, Andrew Hobner, who covers Oregon State for KZI 9 News in um, Eugene, um, tweeted during the game that there was an exchange between Jared Lucas and Carrie Rupp, assistant coach. Um, Rupp wanted Jared Lucas to take the seat on the bench next to the coaches. Lucas ignored him, said, I'm done with an expletive or two in there too, uh, and, and just walked away. And it, it goes back to the culture of this team. And, and this is kind of, I think the, the genesis of the issue is that this team, this team just never came together. You had a group of guys who came in from the transfer portal and, and, and Juco ranks, and you had a group of guys that came back from an elite eight team and, they both had very different motivations. Mm-hmm. The guys who came back from, from last year's team probably felt in a way entitled to playing time, entitled to success. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know if this is true or not, but this is my read on the situation. And then the transfers come in. And if you're transferring to a program like Oregon state, you're expecting to play right away or, you know, to at least be a contributor. And when those two things clash, because there's not enough playing time for 12 guys, then you start to get some players who are unhappy and you, and, and, you've that, lost. and that leads to the issues that you've seen with players showing up late to practices games. Um, you know, they're, they're not getting their homework done. All of the other things that Wayne Tinkle has alluded to, and we've seen firsthand. Well, and I think it was telling, I think they needed to nip this in the bud mm-hmm. early, but there were r- rumors out there that one of the first big road games that the Beavers went on, um, the staff had them put in, you know, kind of strategically placed roommate situations to kind of get these guys together. And they took it upon themselves to go pair up with their friends. Um, I think this is also where you're really seeing the lack of leadership, player leadership from like a Zach Reichel or a, a Stephen Thompson. I think those guys, or Ethan Thompson, I think those guys really did kind of gel that team. And I've heard numerous stories of how great Zach was um, at kind of keeping guys accountable. So no, it, it's super unfortunate, but I think if you're a Beaver fan, I, well, I think, I think you need to make some changes at, at the assistant coaches, but um, yeah, I think you just have to chalk it up to Wayne Tingles, your coach, and you have to, uh, I'd love to get Wayne on and we'll have to try to, to work on that after the season. And yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do everything we can to get him on, let him clear the air a little bit and just kind of give yeah, him let's, a platform let's hear to, his to talk about, yeah. to talk about the season and what went wrong and, and how they're going to address it. Because he will be here. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he is the current, he's the past, present and future of the program as far as we're aware. So um, let's, let's move on to, to a more positive topic as we kind of close out the show a little bit. Um, we're going to get to that baseball question that came in a little bit earlier on YouTube live. Um, but let's just kind of recap the first two weekends of the baseball season. Oregon state's right now sitting at number 12 in the country. Uh, they entered the year at number 11. They actually went down in the pools uh, in, in one poll in the baseball America poll. Uh, I don't know what Oregon state baseball team they were watching because the one I saw in surprise when I was down there, uh, is a team that looks quite frankly, pretty close to unbeatable. What have, what have you oh, seen? But I'm sure the, they the love like Arkansas weeks? or, you know, one of those teams. Well, Come on, baseball America, wake up. Yeah. It's the Calling SEC rules all, but, exactly. but, uh, what have, what have you seen Angie? I, I don't know if you watched any of the games on flow sports, but, uh, I, I'm sure you've been in tune. 
um, how how just just how dominant can this team oh, be offensively and huge. on the and on the mound? I, I follow your your uh, your thread because that's another great part of Beaver Blitz is Carter. Carter was actually there the first weekend um, in surprise and keeps a running thread. So not only do we have JP's weekly walk off going that gives you like the most in depth baseball preview of the weekend. Carter keeps a headquarters for the weekend and then he does game uh, inning by inning updates. So it was it's such a great way. Like when you're out and about, you can just check check the lodge and see where they're at, what the score is. Um, I, you know what I'm most impressed with? I think, I think pitching wise is going to be big, but I'm more impressed with the bats. I think that has been Oregon state. Maybe something they've struggled with is getting those bats going, but, um, gosh, to see how dominant, um, those guys have been, is going to be huge. So if the pitchers can stay healthy, um, and you keep, and, and that's a question I, I know Fennings was out. I don't know how serious that is. Yeah, let's let's pause there because yeah. that is the baseball question that comes in from Brad from Brad Baines. Thanks, Dad, for the uh, for the question to start things off. Um, any word on why Jake Fenix left early in his last start? Yeah, that's the burning question right now. Um, obviously, Will Frisch is dealing with some forearm tightness uh, that that came out opening weekend. We don't have a timeline for him either. Jake Fenix left the game on uh, Saturday. They, they played a Thursday through Saturday series against Xavier left the game after two innings of work, went out to, uh, to warm up for the third and, uh, left the field with the training staff. And yeah, that's concerning because that's two that, of your three weekend starters yeah. going down. Um, and, and you know, what you expect to be two of the three best starting pitchers in the conference. So we don't have a word. We don't have word, you know, to, to answer the question. We don't have word right now on, on what their status is, what the injuries are, um, so but that's was, concerning though. If you're just out throwing bullpen or throwing warmups and you're out, you know, this training staff, I mean, that makes me worry about elbow forearm yeah. tightness doesn't concern me as much as, you know, but, but then again, coaches lie too. coaches well, might say forearm tightness. And I mean, forearm know. tightness is often elbow. attributable to an elbow injury. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's often what you see, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in the major leagues is guys will be out for a week with forearm tightness. Next, next thing, you know, uh, they're having Tommy John. Tommy John. Yeah. So it's reminiscent a little bit of Kevin Abel just as, as recently yeah. as two years ago, who, you know, started the season and then very quickly had to have Tommy John surgery. So I, I, I did receive word today at the football press conference that we should have media availability for baseball Wednesday morning. So okay. um, as, as long as that goes, according to plan, it looks like mark your calendars for Monday morning. We should have some news. Um, if Mitch morning. Canham gives us anything on, on the pitchers, you know, he, he could be non-committal. Um, he could kind of, you know, dodge the subject a little bit, but um, if, if nobody else asks, I, I certainly will. I mean, we're going to, we're going to see what, what we can get on, um, on Phoenix and on Will Fresh, because quite frankly, uh, you know, we, we want answers for why Oregon State's missing yeah. two thirds of its starting rotation. So, but the bats, haven't you been impressed with the bats? Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, you just have to look at the first game. I mean, go to the season opener. You win twenty-one to one against a New Mexico, a New Mexico team that I know has lost a lot of games this year already. And um, you know, I mean, it's it's a Mountain West program. Mountain West isn't really known for its baseball, but they have some good programs. Oregon State beat Gonzaga as well. Mm-hmm. They're a great West Coast uh, West Coast Conference team, and um, you know th- those those mid-major schools can, can sneak up on you. You've seen it before with, with midweek games at Oregon state as well. So I think to go out and, and to win in dominant fashion, those first four games against, you know, against some West coast programs is a good sign. And then they followed it up with, with two more blowouts against Xavier 
the weekend after, and then, yeah. and then close things out with a, um, with a close game on Saturday. And I think they needed it, you know, yeah, I obviously do you'd like to see them win every game by 10 runs, but you know, that's not going to be the case in conference play. So getting a close game out of the way early, um, being able to go to Mitch Verberg at the, you know, at the back of your bullpen, having some clutch hitting situations, that's going to go a long way as Oregon state gears up for a big series this weekend against UC Irvine. Uh, we did receive word earlier today that the game on Tuesday, tomorrow, tomorrow being Tuesday, uh, against Seattle U has been rained out. So, um, you know, they, they wanted to make that call before Seattle made the drive down and, um, you know, give them the courtesy of, of not wasting their time and, and gas and resources to get down here. So Tuesday's game will not be played. Oregon State's home opener is now set for Friday at 5.35 p.m. against UC Irvine. That'll be Andrew, great. One, one, more, one more baseball question for you. And uh, we're, we're going to project a little bit here. Okay. What do you think this team's potential is after two weeks of work? I mean, it's so early, but I think, I think this team from just the fan perspective, from, from what the hype going into the season, I mean, this is an Omaha team. It's, it's Omaha or bust. And um, I'm not saying that they'll win, but I think this has to be a team that at least gets deep in the supers. Um, if not all the way to Omaha. Yeah. Common just came in their, their first five hitters stack up against any team in the country. I, I totally agree. You know, yeah. these are, these are some guys, Jacob Melton, uh, Travis Bazana, you know, guys who are yeah. hitting 400 plus after two weeks of work, Jacob Melton, um, just crushing the ball. Justin Boyd has been a nice surprise as well. TJ Wheeler also uh, coming in, coming in, in his first season with Oregon state. Um, I, yeah. I think these bats are more reminiscent of like the Oh six beavers. Um, because I think we've seen the Beavers kind of maybe not have the bats that they have wanted to have, you know, in the past, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to go as far as saying that it reminds me of 2018, but it is a little reminiscent in that so far we haven't seen the production drop off when you get yeah. to the bottom of the order. And, and that's the hallmark of a really dangerous team is, you know, most teams will have a good three, four, five guys at the top of yeah. the lineup, but can you bring those guys home uh, when you bring your six, seven, eight, nine guys exactly. to the, to the exactly. plate? And Oregon State has done that so far. And I, I think if that continues in conference play, um, that and pitching, I mean, that's going to be, yeah, yeah. Um, and if they have the pitching, I mean, and I, if they lose a guy, I mean, I don't want to see them lose anybody, but yeah, I think it comes down to bats in a lot of ways because even looking at in the bullpen, I think they have some, some depth there. Um, of guys that they might develop a little more, but I think they have guys that can get, get the ball at least over the plate and let your feet. I mean, I think the fielding is going to be. Yeah. Good I mean, I mean, last year's defensive squad was the best in school history and yeah. you bring back a lot of guys from that team. And, and so far what we've seen from uh, Kyle Dernetti at, at shortstop, making mm -hmm. some incredible plays, Justin Boyd and in, in right field with an absolute rocket of an arm. Uh, there's a lot of really good defensive potential on this team. I, I think the pitchers also have done a pretty good job of fielding. Um, yeah, they, had, yeah. they had one, one error uh, the first weekend, but um, yeah, I, I totally agree with, with this comment on, on YouTube live is not sure they have the the pitching to get to Omaha unless Frisch is healthy hundred percent. Yeah. The um, postseason success, you know, Offense will get you to the postseason. You can outscore yeah. your opponents, yeah. but once you get to the postseason, um, you lose a game, and, and very quickly you're going deep into your bullpen. So, and see, that's the biggest thing. You have to have a healthy rotation. Yeah, I mean, 
that's that, you know, that loser's bracket. We've seen it now time and time again with the Beavs and they've just lucked out that they've been able to, to manage that. But, you know, that's the, the backbreaker of getting to that loser's bracket is that then you have to battle up and you go through your pitching. So no, I I'm excited for baseball this year. I think, I think basketball was such a huge disappointment. Um, but spring football and baseball, it's going to be a fun, fun few months. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. And and with that, we're, we're hitting the one hour mark, so we should wrap this up. But, um, Angie, if you, if you want to drop again, one more time, the, the 50% off deal that, uh, that is running for the next 48 hours on Beaver Blitz, that's going to go, that's going to drop in three hours. If, yeah, if it should listening drop it to around, this live. it's midnight, um, Eastern time. So it should drop at 9 PM Pacific 50% off annual subscription to Beaver Blitz. And this one is upgrades too. So this means um, most of them are for new members only. So this one is um, an upgradable. So if you have a monthly, you can go ahead and go on and upgrade to an annual, say 50%. Huge, huge deal. Only going until midnight Eastern time on Tuesday, no, Wednesday night, um, the second. Um, so 9 p.m. that night. Um, and then the merch, the merch dropped. So that's super exciting. And then drop us a line, um, shoot us or post in the lodge, shoot us a, a DM on Twitter of, of things that you like, didn't like, how you want us to spruce this up. This is our very first live. So Carter, it was super fun. And uh, yeah, it was a know, blast. You, I, how much cocktail? I I did okay. It's gone. It's gone. Nice. Nice work. Yeah. The, uh, the 10 barrel went back, went back quick. Um, Mine was super, super weak. I, you guys, I, I joked about me making comments with my rum and Coke, but I wanted to keep it like PG on, on day one, but I don't know. It might be kind of fun someday to not on a Monday night though. I can't It's too long of a week. We'll see. But, we'll, um, we'll have a, we'll have a schedule in place for when we're going to go live. Obviously um, if you're listening on, on your favorite podcast app right now, you can listen anytime uh, after it's posted. But if you do, if you are watching live or if you plan on watching live in the future, uh, we will always tweet it out. We'll always post it on Beaver Blitz so you know ahead of time. And you can also uh, hit the subscribe. notification bell on yeah. our YouTube channel. So Smash be sure to subscribe. the notification bell. There you go. There you go, Angie. <laughs> Smash. Uh, hit Smash that notification it. bell. Um, knock it out of the park. Do whatever you want to do with it. Um, and you will, and you will be us. alerted every time. Give us a little follow, follow here on the Beaver Blitz video. Absolutely. Well, Angie, thanks for thanks for joining me for this historic episode of the damn podcast. And thank you to all of the viewers on YouTube live for your comments, your questions, um, your congratulations on, on 20 years of Beaver Blitz. It's it's been a blast. My, my four years here have been absolutely awesome. Um, I know I know Angie would say the same thing about her 16 and I know the people that came before both of us would say the same as well. So you know, I was thinking we might have a shoveler sighting, but I think he might've got busy because he told me he was going to try to pop in, but yeah, it's, it hey, hasn't you know, happened, so. we, we went long as, as it is. So if we had a guest, I mean, this would have been an absolute marathon of an episode, but yeah, maybe we'll tuned. bring, maybe we'll bring on one of our, our fans sometime. We should, we should, we'll add them to the guest list. So yes. stay tuned for, um, for future episodes this spring, we're going to bring on some guests next week. We'll have some spring camp kind of first week recap going on. Uh, we'll recap the final weekend of the regular season in men's basketball and then the home opening series on the baseball diamond as well. So stay tuned for that. Thanks to everyone for joining us on YouTube live and, and listening um, anytime on your favorite podcast app for Angie Machado. I'm Carter Baines. And thank you for joining us on the damn podcast. <laughs>